Welcome to the Party for One podcast, an online media site that strives to empower individuals in fully embracing their unique and exclusive personal potential and power as diversified human beings, all by celebrating individuality. The beauty, passion, and diversity that makes us who we are and this life one big party. A party that starts with one. I'm your host, Chloe Young, and on this show we'll be talking about all things complicated, also known as all things life, that including careers, relationships, art, politics, and so much more. Each episode, we'll be tackling questions of what it means to be an individual, how to access our most authentic identity, and how to do so comfortably and confidently, how one can truly reach their full potential, what it means to have a sense of personal power, and how a lifestyle of celebration can allow us to do such. For this first series, Celebrating Young Artists, I've chosen to highlight the multi-sided capabilities of individuals that do not only possess an incredible gift or talent, but have discovered how to create a successful career and market for themselves in a field where the competition is tough and the opportunities scarce. Art that pays the bills is a phenomenon within itself. However, these young adults are proving that success in the art industry is about much more than mere luck. It's about strategy, hard work, and a never-ending hustle. For this episode of Celebrating Artists, I'll be sitting down with Marielle Pullman, an artist from Dallas, Texas. If you're a resident or regular visitor of Deep LM, you've probably seen some of Pullman's work. She specializes in murals and small illustration, collaborating with businesses all throughout the city of Dallas, including Walmart, The Common Desk, Small City Apartments, Local Hub Bicycle Company, Fiction Coffee, and dozens more. There's more to Pullman's story than simply creating great art, though, as she first began her professional career as an accountant. After six years in the corporate world, Marielle Pullman sold her things, packed her bags, and left on a 10-month excursion traveling around the world. Now, back in Dallas, she's established a career in freelance art. However, it was the skills she learned in the corporate field that Marielle says has led to her ultimate success, as art is more than a passion, but a business. Continue listening to hear a conversation with Pullman, where we talk how to quit your day job by turning that creative hobby into a business. Ariel, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I've lived in Dallas for a while. Um, I grew up in New Mexico, but I pretty much spent my adult life here and okay. spent the beginning of my career here. Um did a, a corporate job for six years. I worked in accounting uh, as a CPA, still a CPA. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I took a big trip in 2017 and I was traveling for 10 months. So wow. um, that's the most recent uh, transformative experience that I've had and came back from that trip and basically changed professions and started becoming a professional artist. Wow, that is amazing. So if someone asked you, they're like, Mario, what do you do for a living? What do you say? Like, I'm, I'm an artist? I say I'm an artist. And then if they ask a follow-up question, I'll say that I do illustrations, I okay. do murals, um, pretty much everything, yeah. Yeah, talk a little about what you've been doing in Dallas recently with your art. Yeah, so I got back from my, my travels in October, um, and then I basically just put myself out there, and um, I started getting jobs. Uh, just through kind of my old network of connections, mm-hmm. and I started doing murals. So I did one mural in December at uh, Fiction Coffee. It was the Christmas one. Okay, yeah, I think I've seen that on yeah. social media. <laughs> it was red, and it got Instagrammed a ton. It said uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh-huh. Um, after that, I did another one there. It's like a black background with some green plants. Yeah, um, I love how that one turned out. And then uh, nice. just 
uh, what else? I've done some for the common desk. So I'm doing a lot of murals lately. That's what I'm spending most of my time on. Okay. Yeah. That's really neat. I mean, that must be cool to be walking down the street and seeing stuff that you've painted. That's really neat. Yeah, it's a crazy feeling. <laughs> that is cool. Wow. So were you were you pursuing art before you went on your trip, or was that something that happened after? Uh, it was something that happened during the trip. Okay. So, yeah, I was kind of just bogged down with all of the busyness of being a business professional so I just kind of put the art aside for yeah. years and then when I was on the trip I just uh, picked it back up just kind of as a way to pass the time and mm-hmm. process all the crazy experiences I was having backpacking so I did some illustrations on that trip that later became my portfolio uh, once I returned to Dallas. Can you talk a little bit about the trip? Like, where all did you go and yeah. like, what did you do? <laughs> well, um, I went a lot of different places and I was traveling for a total of 10 months. Um, so the beginning of the trip was on the west coast of the U.S. So I mm-hmm. was traveling down the Highway 1 in um, Oregon and California. Okay. And that was where I had this epiphany that I wanted to quit my job and go off traveling. Yeah. So I came back to Dallas and I had about a month before my my one-way flight to Hong Kong and wow. uh, just kind of broke down all my possessions, sold stuff and got ready to go and then I spent 4 months in Southeast Asia traveling around there and then I spent 2 months in Australia, got a van and I was um just road tripping and then I spent 2 months in Europe and then I went to Mexico and then I went back to California. <laughs> That is amazing. And you did all of this alone, right? Pretty I much. mean, I'm sure you were meeting people along yeah. the way. Yes. What was traveling alone like? And do you rec- like would you recommend that experience for other people? Yeah, I think it's a great experience. Um it's got its positives and negatives for sure. Mm-hmm. Um I think that for me it it was a really meaningful experience and uh I learned a lot about myself through it and mm-hmm. I got a lot more confidence in my independence and ability to make decisions without having anybody there to really support me and then of course you meet all these amazing people and then you learn to rely on them yeah so uh man it was it was just nuts definitely how did your perspective change whenever you moved back to Dallas uh so I moved back to Dallas and I had basically just become an extreme minimalist so I was okay traveling I just had a backpack and I came back to Dallas and um, I guess I had the challenge of connecting connecting the person that I felt like I became on the trip Mm -hmm. to somebody that can still exist in a city like Dallas and um, you know be a functioning member of civilization (laughs) no yeah for sure (laughs) so yeah it's been a process for sure Okay, so talk a little bit about your career in accounting. Yeah. <laughs> That's very interesting. Um, so in accounting, yeah, I uh, was an auditor when I started out. So studied accounting okay. in school, became a CPA through a series of tests that you have to take, and then I was uh, basically the person that nobody wants to see. <laughs> when you're an auditor, you're going into companies and you're talking to accountants and asking them about transactions that they did and they almost view you as like a cop because you're coming uh, up and um, they're they're afraid you're going to catch them in a mistake basically interesting was this uh, what you wanted to do originally like going into school um, or when I went to college I was just very unsure 
Um, yeah. I got to school and I was just an exploratory major and I wanted to do psychology actually. That was my that was the most interesting thing to me, but mm-hmm practicality takes over and you think, well, how am I going to make money? And you need to pick a career where you're going to have the job security. So accounting is probably the most practical of career paths. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) So that's how I got into it. And I was, I was really the best person in my accounting class. So I thought, well, surely this is what I should be doing. Okay. Yeah. So you have the skill for it, but maybe just not the passion that you found out later on. mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's got its positives and negatives too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you ever think you would go back into accounting or is that just like, um, no, never? It's nice to have as kind of a back pocket yeah. sort of skill that I know I'm never going to starve. That's what I have to tell myself when I took a leap to go traveling or took a leap to say, hey, I'm I'm going for this professional artist career is that, okay, I always have a fallback. Yeah. Do you think that's important that artists have a fallback? Yeah, I think it's huge because... I think if you don't have it, you begin to feel desperate and Mm. worried. And, um, you know, being an artist is not the most practical of decisions. You know, you've got to be able to weather sometimes when it's, it's very difficult. So it's just nice to know that you're not stuck. So one of the reasons I wanted to do this series as the first series for the podcast, mm-hmm. um, as I know so many people in North Texas that are young and they're an artist of some sort, and they really have found a market for themselves or have been able to provide for themselves through that industry, which is really hard. Something like accounting, you go to school, you're going to get hired afterwards, and there's just kind of this route that you go down. But mm-hmm. obviously, being an artist, it's a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Um, how do you think you were able to kind of create maybe a market or an avenue for yourself in Dallas as an artist? Well, I think that the key to everything really was my business background. So that's the thing that I never regret doing my career as a business person because um, art is still a business. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can be a fine artist and you can express yourself, but if you want to make money, um, you still have to know the business aspect of it Mm, yeah Um, so I had that when I got back so I felt comfortable um, making deals with companies that wanted to use me for artwork yeah so you were able to take those skills Mm -hmm. and kind of transfer them yeah and I still had a lot of my professional network from being in business so that when I got back I that was how my first jobs came up was through reconnecting with my old business colleagues some networking that's always oh, yeah. a plus yeah it's all about who you know when did you first move to dallas uh when i was about 11 specifically like by yourself in dallas oh, like was oh. after college um when i first got out of college i was in the suburbs for a little bit and okay. gradually moved closer so um, got it so there was some time that you lived in dallas pre-traveling Oh, yeah. And then yeah. after traveling. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I never lived in Deep Ellum before. Deep Ellum was always kind of my favorite neighborhood. Interesting. But I never lived there. Uh, what led you to move to Deep Ellum? It's just kind of the center of everything for me. Um, yeah. I have a co-working space that I really love. Uh, it's called the Common Desk. Co-working is, to me, the most ingenious concept people who are freelancers that don't want to just work at home in solitude and so uh-huh. uh, the common desk is a place it's basically a really cool sort of 
I don't want to say warehouse, but with mm-hmm. desks and conference rooms and stuff. So you can go there and network a bunch and you can okay. office out of there. So that's where I office out of. Um, so I always had kind of that core network. And that's when I returned from my trip, I came back to the common desk where I've okay. been working as in accounting and uh, reconnected with my new purpose that is so (laughs) neat that they have something like that oh yes that's really interesting i mean do you have to like what are the requirements for getting in with the common desk like you just become a member really that's it you pay a membership fee Uh i mean i think if people haven't heard of co-working now within two to four years it's gonna be all over the place i mean you're gonna see all these places pop yeah i love the common desk and then i have a studio that's right above that building so it's just my whole core and then of course deep lm has the whole arts community and live music and just it's booming so that's where i wanted to be sounds like a great place to be and speaking of being in deep lm or in dallas what's the art scene like here it's interesting so in dallas i think that murals are just having a huge boom right now really okay yes definitely um and I think it, it kind of came out of like the street art movement, which mm-hmm. was really organic. But what's really interesting to me is that businesses are now kind of appreciating that movement and yeah. will commission murals from artists. So a lot of local businesses, if they're going to be opening, it's almost like a, a giant billboard on the side of their building if they have commissioned an art piece. I, I like doing them. Uh, they're just they feel so extreme to me, you know, compared yeah. to... Do you, do you ever get overwhelmed? Oh, like, yes, <laughs> of course. Because um, you meet uh. with you meet with somebody and they say they want a mural and you, you both talk and you get really excited about the concept and what you're going to do. And then I get back to my studio and I think, okay, now I got to make this happen. And not only do I have to design something, yeah. but I have to execute it. So <laughs> it's a big challenge. <laughs> Just like the process of doing a mural. The process of doing a mural, um, so usually someone will contact me and say that they have a wall that they are interested in having a mural. So I'll go meet with them and a lot of times they'll give me a lot of inspiration and I just try to draw out of them as much as I can about what they're envisioning and what they want. Okay. And uh, from there then I will do some sketches of possible designs and then present those to that uh, business owner or whoever it is and uh, sometimes I go through several iterations of the design until we get it exactly how we want and then um, a mural could take anywhere from one day to five days. (laughs) Is there ever been a time you're painting a mural and you're just like oh my gosh it's taking so long? Yeah I mean (laughs) it's really an endurance exercise. Uh, So the one I was doing at Fiction Coffee it it uh it took me three days to do it Mm -hmm. and I had an assistant for the first day which was hugely helpful because it's just such a labor intensive process okay up on a scaffold 20 Uh. feet up it's shaking and then you're also trying to paint (laughs) this super super large scale uh piece of art you're I guess (laughs) your face is two feet from it and you don't get much of a chance to step back or you have to step back and try to see what this is looking like from a distance. Yeah. I, oh my gosh. <laughs> even looking at a piece of paper, I'm like, I can't do things proportional. I don't even know how you do that on a wall, but obviously 
you know, you have a skill for that. So yeah, usually I just eyeball it. Uh, I haven't had any super extreme mistakes, although I did have one major uh, mistake that I did on that particular mural. Uh-huh. So I had been painting it for three days, and I was literally signing my name, and I was so tired from doing the whole thing. My hands were shaking because I was just so exhausted. And um, I'm signing my name in the bottom right corner, and all of a sudden a huge gust of wind comes, and I had a gallon of white paint sitting on top of cardboard in this parking lot, and the wind was so strong, it picked up the cardboard and knocked over a whole gallon of paint. I'm just like... Right as I'm signing my name. That is horrible. (laughs) What did you do? Um, Freaked out. um, And my brother was there uh, holding the ladder for me that day. So I... He helped me, and the coffee shop owner helped me, and it was fine. But yeah. <laughs> that's the biggest disaster I've had to date. So <laughs> always put down drop cloths is the lesson learned there. You said your brother, does he live close? Uh, currently, my brother is in Europe for three months oh. doing his own crazy sabbatical. Okay, so. so you guys are just like a traveling family. <laughs> I think me and my brother have had some of the same realization, so mm-hmm. um, it's cool to see him going off and kind of doing his own version of this exploration. I think the idea of traveling sounds nice to everyone, mm-hmm. but it's just like making it actually happen. What yeah. advice would you give to someone who's like, I want to go and travel the world, but I don't know how to do that? Yeah, well, I think the first thing I would say is if you have a desire to do something like that, I do think it's best to do it sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Um, because it it is a life-changing experience for sure, and you have a lot of realizations and I think that the sooner you can have those realizations in Mm -hmm. your life um, and have those shape the decisions that you make going forward, the better. So if you're young and you have that desire, do it now. And um, so that that would be my first piece of advice. And second of all, Mm -hmm. it's totally possible. It seems really daunting going into it. Like, how am I ever going to figure out the practical aspects of traveling, Mm -hmm. passports and visas and whatnot and you figure it out it's amazing <laughs> yeah i mean if you're determined enough right you make mm-hmm. it happen and backtracking a little bit mm-hmm. on the you get into art were you interested in art as a kid yeah or, okay yeah i was always drawing so it was pictures. like always a passion for you yeah and i i took art classes in high school and just did projects here and there but never really took it seriously because mm. I've always been a really practical person. <laughs> okay. So you're not like, you're not the typical, very unrealistic, like dreamy artist? I would not say so. I think that's that good I, though. I think that's I good. Take it very seriously. <laughs> and I think that's one reason why um, sometimes I get these jobs because I go into businesses and they see, yeah. wow, this is a person who is treating this kind of like a business, which is mm-hmm. good and bad. No, I mean, I think that's awesome. You can set yourself apart in that regard. Yeah. So tell me about your influences as an artist. Is there anyone whose work you see that you really like right now? Yeah, well, currently I've gotten more into comics. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, just visually, um, I just find the style really appealing. And I think that my style is uh, kind of similar to a comic style because I use a lot of black lines and sort of, I guess I like the the minimal aspect of those. Also, I, I don't... Have you heard of Marfa, Texas? 
Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. Marfa, going to Marfa was just such a great experience for me. I yeah, really talk, love... talk to me a little bit about Martha because I had some friends I went there and talking mm-hmm. about how it's this like art center. It's totally unexpected. I think I want to say this town has a population of like less than 4,000 people. Um, it's a really special place. Uh, half the population is sort of like natural residents of that area. It's got a lot of Mexican influence from uh, Mexican immigrants there. And okay. then basically Donald Judd was an artist who was kind of active in the 80s. I mean, he was active for a long time, but I think it was in the 80s that he came to Marfa and basically just loved this place, loved everything about it, the solitude and the desert landscapes. And he chose this to be his... Um, he made his life there. He built this amazing house and studio there, and mm-hmm. he brought in um, a whole art community. So I would say half wow. the population now is people that have been drawn there by uh, all of these installations that have been set up. So he set up this foundation there where mm-hmm. they have permanent art installations that I think are, I think I would call it 80s minimalism would be Okay. One of the movements that you could see there. I would say that's his style. But it's it's just a really yeah. cool experience. No, I, that's very neat. Yes. S- especially in Texas. How far away is that from Dallas? <laughs> I think it takes about eight hours to drive there. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I forget how big Texas is. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, so that, that experience was awesome. So <laughs> I really cool. love um, sort of minimalistic art too, although. Okay. And I also like really expressive art. Like I love, mm-hmm. I would say, abstract expressionism, mm-hmm. even though I feel like that's not really the style that I do. That's something that I... I'm really drawn to. Yeah, you can appreciate it. Because it feels like the opposite of me. You've been doing the murals and like maybe side things you do mm-hmm. with art. Do you think you'll ever branch out to maybe do a comic or something? I th- Yes. I'm really interested in doing something in print. Um, mm-hmm. Do you... Have you ever looked at zines before? Yeah. So I think that zines are just such a fascinating uh like medium I guess yeah just because I feel like a lot of people can express themselves there and express some really interesting points of view and also For sure course, incorporate illustration which to me is I would say more my passion than even murals I love doing small-scale illustrations for okay. print so I would love to make a zine uh, that has some of my personal writing and also some of my illustrations yeah that would be amazing and yeah. zine is so cool because like anyone can make one and I've, mm-hmm. I've seen so many friends do a book of their illustrations or um like a photo series so mm-hmm. it's really neat to be able to get a product of your work out there definitely currently you're in deep Ellum, you're doing the murals is there anything like else specifically that you will do for companies as far as your art yeah i do illustrations too okay so um i i do watercolor illustration i would mm-hmm. say that would be the my signature style that you can see on my website, marpole.com. Uh, Got it. But yeah, and I, I love doing those projects too. Uh, just being able to sit at my desk and complete something rather than a mural, which is a much more drawn out process. Where do you envision yourself in the future as an artist? Like, what are some goals maybe you have for yourself or I don't know, just some general maybe dreams you have? Yeah, well, I think that uh, writing is always something that I've gone back to, and I think that mm. that is is one of my strongest passions. And okay. I'm still trying to figure out 
what's the best way to combine my writing with my art. Yeah. And so that's something that since I got back, I've gotten so busy with just doing this whole new career that I've had to kind of put on the back burner and just Mm -hmm. really focus on completing these projects, making clients happy. But I think if you don't spend time on your personal work, then your passion for art and expression in general is just going to wane because it's just going to feel like another job again. Definitely. So I know that (laughs) my personal work needs to still be a priority. Otherwise, you know, what's going to fuel your passion? I really want to write the story of my trip and some of the people yeah, that I met. That would be amazing about your travel diaries. Because yeah. those, you like showed me one of those today. Mm-hmm. You said you have like seven. <laughs> yeah. So um, just, I really went off on this trip. I had no stated purpose. <laughs> I was just kind of wanted to cut loose and just kind of see. Yeah. Um, and so I had been traveling for a couple of months and I... I wanted a way to process these experiences. So mm-hmm. I was in Vietnam. It was really hard to find art supplies in some of these countries in Southeast Asia. So I just found whatever notebook I could, found some kind of low quality art material yeah. and just started there sketching in a cafe uh-huh. um, and doing some writing about just some of the realizations I felt like I was having. And then I was really private about the stuff that I would write or draw. Mm-hmm. And um, just through some fellow travelers that I met, they started to see me working on this stuff and, and ask me what it was. And I was really, really shy to even show anybody anything. Like, I remember my hands shaking the first time I even opened up my journal to show somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've ha- I guess you have, like, you have to be vulnerable with that stuff. It's it hard. It's super vulnerable. And I feel like, you know, the vulnerability... And the privacy is kind of what I, I need that to express myself. Like I need privacy, but the hard part is then opening yourself up to show people what you've been working on and kind of what's been going on in your Mm -hmm. head, which is just for some reason, very scary. So to go from that sort of like shyness (laughs) and then after showing more people my work and of course getting good feedback and finally started putting some stuff on social media and to go from there to doing murals I mean confidence wise I've come a long way definitely <laughs> in being able to share my work yeah and you said you put some of the travel diaries online or parts of them? uh yes I have all of the, most of the illustrations I have on my website the Got writing it. aspect I don't have so much yeah. of that but that's something I want to incorporate yeah no that's but again it's getting getting through the personal barrier of how, how you share something that feels so personal to you. Also doing it in a sensitive way to mm. maybe people that are involved in these stories that happen to you is something that I'm still trying to kind of work out. At the end of the day, like, why do you create art? What gets you out of bed every day? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. As far as, you know, I think art. that... Um, It's just kind of wanting to explore what I'm capable of, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, I think it's got to also go back to making people happy and hoping that people get some joy from getting to see this stuff because, you know, I don't want it to be about me necessarily. I think Mm -hmm. if I get too, like, inwardly focused, then it just cripples me in being able to produce anything. So, um, So yeah, I mean, I definitely love getting the reactions. I love doing projects (laughs) 
um, like not for big companies. Like I love doing little side projects with mm-hmm. people that are doing interesting projects. Like my friend Steven is a writer. He's actually a lawyer by day, but he uh, he writes these articles that he's been submitting and he's finally, you know, be getting accepted to some really cool publications. So I did a logo for wow. him. Like okay. that's the kind of projects that I I really that fuel my passion. Yeah. Visual presentation is everything. You can if you can help contribute mm-hmm. to that, it's huge. Yeah. And I also really believe that <laughs> these days with like the digital world being such a big part of everyone's lives, like having something that's hand drawn, I think yeah. kind of sticks out. Um, in a good way and kind of grabs people's attention so for sure I mean there's nothing like I don't think any sort of thing you see on your phone can replace seeing a beautiful mural while you're walking down the street I went to the historic pop-up which is where I Mm -hmm. met you Um, but I was so impressed because I I saw these kids coloring Mm -hmm. and they were these like Dallas coloring Mm -hmm. sheets and all these little buildings and stuff and I was like this is so cool like who made this and (laughs) turns out it was you so shout out to Marielle Um, also shout out to historic church just gonna throw that out there Mm -hmm. they are a church starting in Dallas they just had a pop-up at a bar at high and tight uh, bar in Deep Ellum, and they're going to be having a lot of more. So that's really exciting. But anyways, yeah, so I, I think, yeah, definitely you're finding ways to use your unique style and sticking out. Um, yeah. And that's probably what's, you know, why you're able to pay the bills with what you do, mm-hmm. which is really important. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess one other thing that really motivates me when you ask is that just in my everyday life, like sometimes I meet people that just to me are so unique and have such a cool style or... Mm-hmm. Or maybe see a building or a flower or something that just to me jumps out visually as beautiful and unique. Yeah. And um, that's what's motivated a lot of my drawings, too, is just kind okay. of wanting to capture this person and all of their personality in an illustration. Yeah. Because a lot of people are really um, self-conscious about having photos taken of them. Mm-hmm. But having something like more artistic done is, is more I guess, less daunting for them. It's very meaningful, too, because, I mean, now having a photograph of yourself isn't really rare. Anyone Mm. can snap a photo, but not anyone can draw a photo of you besides, like, a stick figure. So (laughs) (laughs) if you can do that for people, I think that's really amazing. I think, too, like, I mean, even in journalism, like, if an article has a really cool illustration, I think that makes it stick out over a photograph because anyone can take a photograph, but not anyone can. I think we get desensitized to photos, so I think it's just becoming the battle of for eyeballs and attention. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. My website, Party for One, is focusing on individuality mm-hmm. and how that's what gives you power mm-hmm. um, as a person. So what have you noticed just in your life that makes you an individual, whether that be an artist, just a person? I have to think about that for yeah. a second. Um. I think that I'm I'm very detail oriented, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and that's something that definitely comes through in my art. Like, and I think even throughout the day, I'm just distracted by all these little details and the objects that make up a room or in somebody's face. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one thing, um, and I definitely have like a passion for just. I guess meeting interesting people, mm-hmm. um, and which was something that I really got to explore on my trip. I mean, the types of people that I got to meet were just—I mean, you couldn't write 
better characters <laughs> yeah. than the people that I would meet. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that's not something so much about myself, but um, no, definitely. I, like I've always been just so interested in in just people in general. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's something that not enough people focus on. And, um, and I mean, I've even struggled with this too. Like, I think when I was younger, I was really good about that. Like, I would keep a journal of like little things I saw throughout the day that I liked mm-hmm. and stuff, stuff like that. And just so being very like, you know, aware of what was around mm-hmm. me. And I think that's how you enjoy life. You know, it's it's yeah. the simple pleasures. Um, well, yeah, I always wonder like what it's like to see through somebody else's eyes because, <laughs> like when I when I look around, I think the the level of detail in things is sometimes distracting mm. because my eyes are just constantly taking it in. Whereas you ask someone else, like maybe I get a haircut and they wouldn't even notice, like my dad or something. So it's there's well, oh definitely my gosh, a spectrum yeah. in people <laughs> and what they notice. Okay, so going off the individuality sure. tangent, kind of. Sure. How do you think you best embrace your potential? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I push myself every day okay. <laughs> uh, to do things that I'm uncomfortable with. Mm, yeah. And sometimes I think I take it to too much of an extreme. And it's just like now I'm just making my life difficult just for fun. <laughs> uh, like I, I changed my iPhone to be in Spanish for a while just to try to challenge myself to learn Spanish. <laughs> or um, Did it work? If, briefly, I went to Mexico and it, it was it went all right. Um, oh, well, okay. Yeah. So you're like actually a little legit with it. I know oh, some. Yeah. I have yeah. I have some friends who will do stuff like that. And I'm like you. <laughs> this is just a week long thing. Like I don't. Anyways. <laughs> but yeah. So I I'm constantly changing up my routine and just trying to do things in a different way. Or um, when I get a project for a client, yeah, of course I could just try to do something very literal but I'm always trying to push it a little bit further and do a style that I haven't done before or kind of inject some imagination so yeah yeah I mean I, I push myself as hard as I possibly can on every project and that's Definitely. something I'm trying to learn how to dial back <laughs> no I think that's important though and I've actually I try to ask that question to everyone I interview because I just think it's very fascinating um, mm-hmm. And that's an answer I get a lot is making themselves uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, interesting thing to keep in mind. Yeah, and I mean the, the travel was the most extreme step that I've taken mm-hmm. to make myself uncomfortable. Um, but I think it's worth it, you know. Definitely, you have to put yourself in situations like I don't want to live in a bubble. I want to mm-hmm. see what's out there, and I want to see myself reacting to it, and I learn a lot about myself through those situations. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about mm-hmm. that, because, like, you know, a lot of people, you know, grow up here and just kind of stay here. Not that, you know, that's fine. I love North Texas. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great place. But, you know, you did. You got to travel the world. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of led you back here? Was it just, like, family? Was it the city itself? Yeah, well, I think after being on the road for 10 months, I mean, it really does something crazy to you because yeah. I, I don't think I stayed in the same place for longer than six days. For 10 months, I was constantly, constantly moving. So I think one thing that drew me back here was just the desire to have some stability, mm-hmm. um, to be around people that know me, and to revisit my roots because I think the traveling is great, but it can become selfish after a certain point. Yeah. I, f- I felt selfish and I thought, um, you know, what's the point of having all these realizations if you never connect back with a community 
that yeah yeah. to have that community is really important yeah because I think what I noticed I I met a lot of people when I was traveling that had just been going for so so long Mm -hmm. that you don't feel like you belong anywhere it's like a really scary feeling and I think I realized that was happening I felt like I was kind of losing touch with reality Mm -hmm. almost and so um and yeah my family's here and um and if and I knew I wanted to start this new business, and so Dallas was the the answer, at least for me to start out. Obviously, you've been doing very well. You have the business skills to kind of market yourself. But have have you ever had any moments that you're like, I do not know what I'm doing, or like kind of, of course, just moments of being scared. Of course, I mean, trying to break into a totally different career, um, and yeah. So I got back, and I mean, just the technical skills required for something like this. I mean, I definitely had to improve those. <laughs> yeah, you know, like Adobe Illustrator and Photoshop and stuff like that. Um, I had some experience, but yeah, I think when I got back, I had a lot of confidence, but it was confidence that wasn't necessarily connected to reality. Like I said, I felt yeah. like I was losing touch. So when I got back, it was like, uh, it, you, you have to see the practical aspects of what you're trying to do it's a lot more than just creating art (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. it's running a business so I think uh, yeah that was a bit overwhelming at first and then um, just actually the problem I had was getting so much interest and actually having to complete all of these jobs and just feeling like overwhelmed with the amount of work (laughs) yeah I think that's really hard I've struggled with that just I love all these little side projects and stuff Mm -hmm. and then there comes a point where I'm like Oh my gosh, like I cannot get all this done. Mm-hmm. But Spreading yourself too thin. You know, I came back, I wanted to say yes to everyone. Everyone mm. that approached me for a project, I said yes. And I was able to meet those deadlines, but I felt like I was just, yes, spread very thin for a while. So did you kind of come to a point where you're like, I gotta, gotta cut down on the amount of clients I'm taking? Or Yeah, I did have to get a little bit more selective with the jobs that I took. And, uh, and just kind of get a system in mm-hmm. place for um, kind of phasing out the projects, I guess. So, I mean, obviously with different companies, if you're doing things for them, a mural or whatever, you'll have a deadline. Do you just kind of form a schedule for yourself of I'm going to do this by this date and this mm-hmm. by this date? Being an artist like that is interesting because you're not, you don't have to show up to an office every day. Right. and they, You don't have people who you're like supervisors you're um, attending to. So mm-hmm. how does that look like for you? I definitely have to structure myself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was another change because, you know, when I was traveling, it was, hey, whenever the inspiration strikes, mm-hmm. you just do it. And um, working with clients, sometimes it feels like there are a lot more restrictions. So, and, yeah, time, time restrictions. So you have to put yourself in a position to work on that specific project. Definitely. And trust that the inspiration will begin (laughs) to flow. (laughs) Yeah. If it um, isn't already. But yeah, I block out my time. Yeah. So I know, okay, I can only really devote, you know, two hours to this project today and just try to move it forward. If you start out motivated by passion, that's great. But, and you got to keep that fueled, but there's also got to be like discipline. Yeah, for sure. And when you're not feeling passionate about it, you still have to do it because (laughs) at the end of the day, it's a job. Yeah. Um, So I try to separate like the client work aspect from just like the personal work, which I really enjoy um, Mm -hmm. because I feel like it's almost two different mindsets. Yeah. So I'm currently working on kind of blending that (laughs) together. Yeah, and that's probably something any artist needs to work on, but... 
Yes. It's good that you're trying to merge those two worlds. And lastly, Marielle asks this question every yeah. interview because the theme of Party for One is celebrating yourself. Mm. So I think there's a difference between self-love and mm. self-celebration. Mm. You can always like be like, yeah, I love myself. Like we all love ourselves a little too much maybe. Mm-hmm. But how do you like take actions or take steps to celebrate yourself? Wow. Um, well, I guess for me, and this was something that I learned with traveling was just trying to enjoy simple things and simple moments. So I don't mm-hmm. know if it's like a celebration of myself, but, um, but if that's a time that you feel yeah, very like, happy and sure. So like, I, I love watching the sunset and that was something that, and it sounds so cliche, but no. when we were traveling, it's like, you are traveling with the cheapest people you've ever met and so nobody wants to pay for anything but one thing that is guaranteed every day is a sunset and that was something that we like made a priority like where are we going to go watch the sunset today a lot and so that's something I've kind of taken back with me because I remember thinking when I was traveling like in Dallas we don't have sunsets like this I just said that (laughs) it's like there are sunsets everywhere (laughs) like every single day I I try to do that and I think you would be surprised like how beautiful it can be even in Dallas so I guess (laughs) I'm trying to um just like incorporate some of those practices that I learned of just appreciating a moment and allowing yourself to relax and like really fully take it in and maybe not Instagram it, you know, which is the hardest thing Definitely. to do in the world. <laughs> no, for sure. I think that's like a beautiful thing. And mm-hmm. um, you're obviously very good at just like appreciating those little moments. I think that's, I think that's great for your mental health. <laughs> yes. I, everybody needs a little bit more of that. And is there anything else we've talked about that you, or that we haven't talked about that you'd like to discuss? Man, I would just say... I really would recommend like everybody at some point to to try to go to Southeast Asia. I really, okay. Like I was just so surprised how much I loved it. Interesting. Um, Vietnam. I just want to give a plug for Vietnam. Like it is so surprising how different it is than you would expect. Okay. Um, and Myanmar and all these places. It's just it is such a shift in perspective that I think that everybody should do it. Definitely. You should do it. <laughs> Girl, sign me up. Vietnam, here I come. Yes. No, that sounds amazing. Um, yeah, I, mean, I feel like people don't glamorize Asia as much. It's more of like, I'm going to go to Europe for right. a month. Not that you're, like, Europe's cool, but mm-hmm. no, that's really interesting. And and you, everything is so cheap there. Really? You just not believe it. Yeah, like meals wow. for one or two dollars us i mean it really messes up your mindset actually about money when you get back. yeah you come back here and you're like you want me to pay ten dollars for this drink like mm-hmm. yeah you really see like how much how much things are really worth i guess and yeah. how jacked up the prices are here mm-hmm. it's kind Definitely. of a realization that i wish i hadn't had <laughs> yeah for sure All right, Marielle. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to talking again. Thank you for listening to the Party for One podcast. 
This episode was edited and produced by myself, Chloe Young, and the featured songs include 90 by Castaphone and Flowering Bells by Daniel Birch. Party for One hopes you enjoyed this episode, and if so, please subscribe to this channel and leave it a review while you're there. You can share the Party for One podcast on social media using the hashtag Party for One. And make sure to follow Party for One on Instagram and Twitter at P-R-T-Y number four one.